0: Wow, he's back from Vegas. We got the uh, Super Bowl run now with the great Eric Eager from Sumer Sports.
1: You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And what's happening, everybody? Matt Derry with you, back with you on a Friday edition of Locked On Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Friday, February 9th, and a Saturday, February 10th. We got Super Bowl Sunday coming up this weekend as the Chiefs take on the 49ers. Thanks for making us your first listen and certainly checking us out wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Lions today, brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first. Purchase. Follow us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and at Locked On Lions Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. Let's get into it. And of course, thanks for watching on our YouTube channel. You will see on YouTube if you're watching right now. A noted Chiefs fan, but really, when you ask him what his NFC team is, it's always been the Detroit Lions. Eric Eager, sumer Sports, back from Vegas where he was on Radio Row, is up with us today on the program. E, great to see you.
1: It's great to see you, Matt. I'm, I'm, uh, I know it did and the best. Um, but I'm I was so proud to watch the Lions uh all postseason I even was at one of the games I I I've been uh yeah the Lions I was I was almost as sad to watch the end of that Lions game than I was happy to see Marquez Valdez scantling a guy who uh I'm you know who has been struggling all year come down with that ball against the Ravens I had been that invested emotionally in Detroit so um I I I think the future's bright uh and, I, and it was fun to see the present be be a lot of fun
0: you were at the Rams playoff game which obviously had so much emotion with Matthew Stafford coming back. What was that stadium like and how do you compare it to some of the other trips you've taken?
1: Yeah, I mean I've I've been to I went to the Chiefs uh, 49ers Super Bowl uh 4 years ago, the the first one. Um that one obviously seeing your favorite team win a Super Bowl is is certainly fun. Uh, I would say Lions Rams is the up there. I mean, second for me, like the moment you walked in, I have a I have a former data scientist intern for me who's now with the the Lions, Haley English. She messaged us before she goes, she goes, you guys better be ready. Like this place is buzzing. And it was two and a half hours before (laughs) we walked in. You walk in and, and like the concourse is fun at Ford Field. Not that I need to break news to anybody here, but, you know, it's still you still get some of the outdoor cold. And and so everybody's huddled up everybody's talking to try to stay warm and it like the whole time it was just I didn't I tweeted this that night I was like I don't there's no one has a frown on their face everybody's so happy and the the coolest part about the whole run was you got the 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 Packers winning the game before everybody's at like the you know the place that all the bars and stuff beforehand they're all rooting for Green Bay because that you know want to play another home playoff game and then yeah. you had the game there and they get out to such a lead and Everybody's kind of like, okay, when's the next shoe gonna drop? When's the next shoe gonna drop? And then they end up winning the football game, and it, it was un- you saw all these people. My 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 good friend and colleague Seth, who's a phenomenal data scientist for me, 20, in his early twenties, has never seen a, whole, a a playoff win by this team, and so you just get this raw emotion there. It was unlike it's why sports are so great, and, and I think the Lions I, I think reminded a lot of people this year uh, of why that was true, and, and it was so much fun to watch the whole time.
0: We got some good news yesterday, Frank. Ragnow, kind of telling Dave Burkett out in Vegas uh, from the Free Press, uh, I'm not retiring, which was a little bit scary because the other day Brad Holmes is like, we're going to give him some space. But as you look at at the roster, and obviously you do so much data stuff, and, and you and, and Thomas Dimitrov do such a great job with the podcast, how do you how do you view this season, and then how do you look forward to what the Lions uh, we can expect from the Lions next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we had the tweet out there that the. the... Dan Campbell added 1.04 wins uh, to the Lions just through decision making, which is a lot. It's twice as many as any uh, team in the NFL, which I think masks a little bit of what we saw in the postseason, a kind of a microcosm. They only had a 66 point differential despite winning 12 games, the most wins they've had since 1991. And so there's certainly room to improve. I think that that's the, you know, Dan Campbell was so sober the next day where he's like, it's going to get hard. It's hard to get back. It's hard because of all the reasons you know we've seen in the NFC North before the Minnesota Vikings get there and then they they go after Kirk Cousins and he's not a, a championship quarterback or uh the Bears get there in 2010 and and you know the Packers beat them and then are never look back you know and then of course the Packers with with the finances with Aaron Rodgers have never gotten there so you've seen over the course of the history of the NFC North even how hard it is to just even get in that basin of teams that competes for a Super Bowl and yet I think Detroit is in a position where you start to see the reasons why they can maybe get over the hump, right? The loss to San Francisco highlights a little bit of you need to have a secondary where these players, are, you know, you have you need more depth in the secondary. Uh, on offense, you need depth at wide receiver. Josh Reynolds had an okay season, a decent postseason, until the loss to the, the 49ers where he, uh, you know, came up a little bit small in some of those games. Um, you know, they get Ben Johnson back, which is truly, I think, the key to unlocking Jared Goff and how well he played 10th in PFF grade a season ago, whereas his grade had been middling, even though the offense had been efficient in the past. So, you know, I think that Dan Campbell continues to squeeze the juice out of the orange. I think that they continue to do things that are really solid from a scheme standpoint offensively. And then they just need to go in and, you know, get a second pass rusher to go with Aiden Hutchinson uh, that can stay healthy. Uh, Unlike, you know, Houston was, was missing a lot of time this year. McNeil missed some time as well. I think you got to look at that secondary and probably, add a piece or two. And and that was what Cincinnati did, for example, to, to make the Super Bowl in 2021 was add players who uh you know had league experience at, at relatively minuscule prices. But make no mistake, Brad Holmes has set this team up to where they can make additions to this roster without you know really leveraging themselves, over leveraging themselves for the future. So they're they're in a really bright spot. They have some they have some ways in which they can go up, which I think for Lions fans should be comforting given Uh, that a lot of teams are tapped out when they get to the nfc championship game and lose
0: eric eager with us from uh, sumer sports um you, you brought up an interesting point you know brad holmes for three years now has spent money in free agency but he's done it pretty conservatively i mean cam sutton got 11 million and that was almost breaking the bank for the lions do you see a scenario where they go all right we're going into year four and we're super bowl contenders let's throw 17 18 19 million at brian burns or or something like that do you see that being a possibility or is dan or is brad still kind of let's say in bargain basement shopping but he's conservative and smart with and calculated with how he does it
1: well he knows that after quarterback and after wide receiver and you know edge where they have hutchinson on a rookie deal you know the the nfl is a weak link system um so the, it's it's really hard to go out there and get a player who is going to make a huge difference in free agency. For one, it's almost always the non-premium positions. It's almost always guard. It's almost always linebacker, uh, safety, tight end, uh, running back. And, you know, a lot of people poo-poo the, the picks, but they win after running back and linebacker and safety in the draft. Uh, so they have some of those positions stocked up. So they really don't need to go in and overspend at those positions, I think cornerbacks a place where they're going to have to address it in the top, you know, the top part of the draft, but they also probably want to get depth in free agency. I think Burns is going to cost more uh, than, than what you stated, but they have the 46 million in caps. They say also, you know, if they were to extend Jared Goff, I think Jared Goff's cap number in year one of the extension is going to be less than the 32.3 million uh, that it's, that it's, uh, that it's projected to be here. You also have Taylor Decker who has not shown any real signs uh, of decline um you could probably give him an extension and lower his cap number from 19.1 million if you think that this is the year that you're competing for a super bowl and all indications are the niners are going to be weaker next year the packers will probably have a sophomore slump out of out of jordan love more likely than they'll have another year where he exa- ex- excels so this could be the year where they push some the money to the future and try to re- really build in, in uh, you know into Um, you know this specific year and you can go out and if you look at you know free agents there are going to be guys at those positions that are going to be available uh, to complement the players that they have and and the fact is to your point they have only two cap hits next year over 12 million dollars and so they're a really well constructed team in that way where there's not this real albatross hanging around their neck at any one spot especially a quarterback where I think Jared Goff at 32 million dollars is probably a surplus for this team at this point.
0: Where are you on Jonah Jackson, our uh, good friends at PFF, and our buddy Brad Spielberger had him as the 94th rated free agent, which stunned me. Not that Jonah had a Pro Bowl year this year. He didn't, and he's regressed in terms of his numbers, but still a really solid left guard. But, you know, Brad had him projected at three years and $30 Uh, I think the Lions should do that right now, wouldn't you think?
1: I think so. I mean, I think when you look at, you know, the the current – Free agency pool. It's you know the, the guards are available. Guys that have started in the league before. So like Dalton Reisner for example, is available. He was a played about two thirds of the Viking snaps last year. Played them pretty well. Um, even guys who maybe aren't quite as good, like Dan Feeney and Matt, you know Matt Filer and uh, John Feliciano. Guys like that can play. And I think so. What what's really I think stunting the ranking there is if the Lions were to move on from Jackson. There is it's not you know, if Pinay Sewell was coming up for free agency, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to replace Penay Sewell in free agency. You're not going to even get 80% of him in free agency. Whereas Jonah Jackson's quite good, but you could probably get 80% of him in Dalton Reisner. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just a, almost about accessibility. And that's that's kind of when, you know, and, and I like, I think Brad Holmes is phenomenal. It's why people are, are saying don't draft a running back in round one, because if you, if, you can't access some positions in round one. Whereas if you look at the free agent running backs this coming year, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, these are like everybody's fantasy teams for the last like 20 years. Right. And the the whole point is if you don't get Jameer Gibbs in round one and you're super desperate for a running back next year, you can find one. Whereas if you don't get a premier edge player in Aiden Hutchinson last year, your, your options are much more expensive and are not getting anywhere close to the production of Hutchinson at that price point. For example, if you look at free agent edges this year, Danell Hunter is, is a really good one, but he's, you know, in his 30s now. Might, he's going to command a ton. After that, it's Marcus Davenport who was a bust for the Vikings. Randy Gregory who's a bust. Zadarius Smith's okay, but you're not talking about a 33-year-old guy. Yannick Ngakwe was a bust for the Bears. Carl Lawson was a bust for the Jets. Chase Young was a bust for the Niners. And you, so you look at what kind of players are available at the premium positions. And it's it's not going to be as 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 good there. And so I think that extends down to guard with, with Jackson. It's not that Jackson isn't good. It's just what is the marginal benefit of Jackson over another guy who's going to be available left guard.
0: Great stuff with Eric Eager. We'll continue with him coming up next. I want to ask him about being out in Vegas, the Super Bowl, a little bit about the draft, and uh, just have some fun as well, find out who he talked to and uh, enjoyed speaking with out in Vegas for Sumer Sports. We'll do that coming up next. Locked on Lions today brought to you by our friends at Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood is the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But Get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most year mati- retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of quarter one, 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood and IRA for five years, a 3% matching on transfers, is subject to uh, specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA, available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC, is a registered broker-dealer. And our friends at Game Time want to tell you right now, if you're looking for tickets, I just had my buddy Drew Nickel, Caribou Drew, he's in a, a walking boot, he's in pain, but he got to had to get his wife some pink tickets. She's playing here in Detroit coming up this summer, best place to get them is at game time. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find And buying tickets for every kind of event, whether it's concerts or sporting events, you want to get them at game time. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports you want. And you can get $100 off when you buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat. They got it all at game time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time right now. All game time users get that $100 off that big game ticket with code Vegas 100 terms apply. Just download the game time app. Use code VEGAS100, Vegas, 100 V E G A S 100 for hundred dollars off a big game ticket at game time. Eric eager with us. Sumer sports, of course, follow him on Twitter at Eric eager underscore. Uh, I was Vegas, my friend. What, uh, set the scene. What was, uh, radio roll like earlier this week.
1: It was a weird trip because, you know, that it was cold and rainy. If you ever ever had a question about what God would do if we ever had a Super Bowl in Vegas, you got your answer. <laughs> uh we Thomas and I did a hit on on Jim Rome show which was in front of the Bellagio uh pool. And yeah. you know, they picked us up in a in a car. They dropped us off in the car. And the, and there was a gal at both ends with a with a umbrella for us. So it made us feel really cool. But it was a, it was a different, it was a different setting. I've never been to Vegas when it wasn't like 110 degrees. Right. And I didn't want to like immediately go inside. So there was that uh you know, Radio Row was about the same. There was a few like uh little Vegas like trinkets, like there was a uh you know, a slot machine that had NFL players on it and all this kind of stuff they were all fake. Um, but it was it was great. I mean, I think. When people are looking at this game, it's the the Niners are favored and, right. and the Chiefs were favored last time, but I feel like a lot more people are a lot less scared about the Niners this time around than they are than they were last time. As a Chiefs fan, I am. I know I am. I I look at you know the the lot the the, the the way the Lions handled them in the first half, the way the Packers handled the Niners in the first half. You remember the last time the Niners made the Super Bowl, they killed the Vikings in the division round. They killed the Packers in the NFC yeah. Championship game. And they came in kind of with a lot of depth, and this team kind of offensive line is Trent Williams and a bunch of not all that great players. The defense has some names, but if you look in the secondary, Talihona Nufanga—he—he's been out. That defensive efficiency has gone down uh, ever since. Uh, you know, Chase Young came over; he's a big name, but he hasn't played all that great. I, I think the only thing that's keeping people from betting Kansas City, the sharps, is. The Chiefs were five-point underdogs to the Ravens just two weeks ago. Right. And the Ravens were six-point underdogs to the Niners on Christmas Day. And so the fact that this is shuck out at two, I think that the market is giving the Chiefs a ton of respect. It's just really hard for the number to move more than the four points it has over a month. So I think it's a lot of the Niners were the best team in the NFL for most of the year, but maybe peaked too early, whereas Kansas City is peaking at the right time.
0: When you talked to a lot of people out in Vegas, what would you get a sense of, of how folks are leaning and is there a buzz for this game? Because I know a lot of people have, have said to me, Oh my God, I was rooting for the lions. I've already seen Niners and chiefs already, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people like the lions in the media. Well, so two things, the people who had an open mind about the lions when you right. and I were talking about them two years ago, they love the lions. I think a lot of people who wanted to snicker and laugh at us when we said the Lions would be good, you know, are all like, "Oh, we, you know, the the NFL really wanted Chiefs Niners." I think right. the Chiefs 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 Lions would have been a great Super Bowl. Obviously, right. we've seen that game played already this year. That was it was a fun game in Week One. I I think that this game is getting a bunch of buzz. There's a lot of Niners fans. There was I think Chiefs fans have a lot of fatigue. Um, when you looked at Media Night Week One, it was or uh, week, Day One of the of the event there was almost all Niners fans, like 90-10. I think Niners fans are ready. It's obviously geographically closer for them. And so there's a lot of them there in that building. Also, there's a lot of wealth in the the Bay Area. So Super Bowl trips are, generally speaking, more affordable for them than in Kansas City. So I think it's a confluence. I think it's going to be, to the extent that a Super Bowl can be a home game with all the corporate people there, it's going to be more Niners fans than Chiefs fans. But Mm -hmm. I think most of the people that – are analyzing this game believe that the chiefs are going to win because of Patrick Mahomes because of the defense that Spagnolas put together and because of the narrative that Kyle Shanahan just can't shake which is he's a great coach, great play caller, great play designer but when the chips are down he just he he can't he can't make the right decision, he can't hold on to his timeouts, he can't make the right fourth down decision and I think that most people are gravitating towards that narrative this week, right or wrong. I, and and I, to be fair, I don't necessarily know if the spread is all that wrong. I, I think the Niners are a great team, and I think that they should be favored. Um, but I, I also think that all those uh, those things that have been levied against Kyle Shanahan are fair.
0: What about Brock Purdy? I mean, is this the night that he earns respect? I mean, shoot, at halftime of the, of the NFC Championship game, I'm getting texts from friends going, well, you know... Maybe, uh, you know, blah, 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 we'll go to the Niners and be their quarterback next year. I'm like, let's let's just let it play out. He obviously with his legs and, and made a few really nice throws with his arm in that second half. But what's the narrative surrounding him? And what do you think of him?
1: I mean, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, even though, I mean, the craziest stat is he averaged 9.9 yards a pass attempt this year, which was like 2000. Kurt Warner was like, like, right? Matt Ryan, who, you know, my boss, Thomas Dimitrov, you know when they went to the Super Bowl in 2016 he averaged 9.3 which that offense was incredibly scary so Patrick Mahomes this year 7.0 yards per pass attempt every time the niners threw the ball in the regular season it earned three more yards per pass than the chiefs so that's right. insane right so like he deserves some credit for driving that car he obviously made plays um he made a, he was a he was pretty good in the second half against the packers when he didn't play well like he's passed a lot of the tests I think a lot of what I could say about Brock Purdy is true about what I just said about Detroit. The people who had an open mind about Brock Purdy, and I wouldn't say I'm one of them. The people who had an open mind about, about Brock Purdy the whole time, they're they're more than happy to give him his flowers. The people who have been dismissing him the whole time are still waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think he's done great against the Blitz. I think Spags is going to Blitz him. I think Chiefs you know have done great against wide receivers this year. I still think they're going to throw the wide receivers. I think it's a strength on a strength and you know in big games right Matt we've seen this with the chiefs in 2020 when they went up against that Buck's defense Buck's defense wins I'm generally an offense wins championship guy but like in big games oftentimes it is the defense in those one in the one game if the defense catches a wrong run of good play they can oftentimes take down a great offense especially when the quarterback is unproven. And so even though I don't think Brock Purdy stinks, I don't think he deserves as nearly as much crap as he gets. I think in a game like this game, we might see his limitations because the Chiefs are so, I mean, the Chiefs have eight starters on their defense that they've drafted in the last three years.
0: It's incredible. No. And then secondary is young and good. Uh, No question about it. Quick draft question. I want to ask uh, Eric also about the awards from last night. Some think Dan Campbell should have won coach of the year and got snubbed. We'll ask uh, Eric that next. And Locked on Lions are brought to you by our friends at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your advent- adventure to the next level. What about the 2024 Nissan Rogue? Perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built in is your always updating assistant to call for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Just use Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store. They're all built right in to the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system in the Nissan Rogue. Nissan Pathfinder 2024, sweet, room up to eight, expansive cargo capacity, advanced, available 4x4 ca- capabilities, they've got it all. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And Prize Picks is there for you for the Super Bowl, folks. It's simple. You pick more than or less than a two to six player projections and the stat projections, and watch the winnings roll in. It's the Super Bowl this weekend. Come on, I'll call it the big game. I'll call it the Super Bowl. I don't care. I'll get in trouble. Who cares? The bottom line is it's the big game. It's Sunday. You want to put some money down and have some fun with some player props? Do it at Prize Picks. Think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw more than or less than two touchdowns? You can do that at Prize Picks as well. If Patrick Mahomes does that, you're going to win on price picks. Big game is around the corner. So price picks, as I said, easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into 1,000. It is fantastic. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL. Use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Eric Eager with us from uh, Sumer Sports. They do such a great job. Uh, I love the analytic part. They do some gambling. They do it all. Um, and, of course, uh, Thomas Dimitrov has lion's ties. That is the man that you'll see on all the pods that Eric and Thomas do. So, Jim, you were on Jim Rome. That's pretty cool. Any any other, any, like, any uh, other A-lifters you, you were hanging me, with?
1: Doug Gottlieb called me an idiot on air for saying that oh. Bill Belichick was going to – my big take that I've been soft-launching all week is that I feel like we've never seen this before. We've seen it all in the NBA. George, Carl, Doc uh, Doc Rivers just now with the Bucs. Yes. I think some team that's underachieving that has a lot of stars is going to fire their head coach midseason and hire Belichick. So is Belichick going to be on the sideline of the Eagles in October, Dallas, Jacksonville? Could be. I think – I at least think <laughs> it's like a possibility. And, and everybody will say, oh, you know – if he wants complete control now, imagine uh, coming in and running big. Hey, look, Belichick's sitting on his duff for a right. whole Sunday, having to watch red zone with the rest of us.
0: It's going to kill him.
1: It's going to lower his standards for what he wants in a head coaching job exponentially. So he'll go in and call anybody's defense uh, if it means getting the coach again. And so I think like one of those teams, like, look, the Eagles and Cowboys playing the same division. They'll probably play on opening night. If one of those teams starts one and two, you think Jerry's not going to be like, ah, I should have done this before and called, called, call. uh, You know, that's that's exactly what the guy wants.
0: <laughs> Doug got was called an one. idiot
1: for saying that because it's unrealistic.
0: Doug, Doug has done that before. That's uh, that's part of his routine. All right. Speaking of coaches, Dan Campbell finished third in the Coach of the Year voting. Stefanski and D'Amico Ryan's, and obviously Kevin winning it for the second time. Did you think that was right? How, how would you have handicapped that?
1: Well, Doug, Dan should have won it last year. I think that that's the hard part with all these awards. I actually have an article on when I was at Pro Football Focus looking at, like, if you look at Defensive Player of the Year, their previous year is almost always more valuable than the year they win it. You know, Stephon Gilmore, you know, all the except for Aaron Donald, who's great every year. But, like, if you look at all those players that win Defensive Player of the Year, they almost always are winning it for the season they won it before. And when I'm whenever I saw Campbell favor this year, I was always like, he's winning a lifetime achievement award rather than winning it for this year, because this team is much more talented and much right. less injured than the one that he took to nine and eight last year. I thought not last year was as last year was the year he should have won it. And unfortunately, you know, because Brian Dable won one half more games, he won it. So good Kevin, St- like, look, I think Campbell deserves it more than D'Amico Ryan's. I think that Stefanski with five starting quarterbacks and, a bunch of other – both tackles.
0: Nick Chubb, uh, yeah.
1: Nick Chubb. I, I think that – and look, he's won it before, and they generally speaking don't like to give it to his, a guy a second time, at least of late. Um, I thought Campbell had a chance over him. But I can't be mad about Stefanski, even though I think if you're a Lions fan, you're like the last three years of Dan Campbell, including the 3-13-1 season, he deserves one coach of the year out of those three. And the fact that he's got none, I think, is a pretty big slap in the face because he certainly has deserved at least one. Mm-hmm. And whether it would have happened this year or last year, I think he deserved it more last year than he did this year, but uh, he deserves at least one in my book.
0: Tell me quickly Lions are picking 29th. They've got a couple of third rounders. I got the one from the Hawkinson deal with Minnesota. We talked about it before. I mean, if like Cooper Dejean from Iowa was there at 29, I would run the card up so fast. They need corners, they need edges. How do you kind of view what the Lions are going to do on draft night?
1: I think it has to be to me the better gamble is, is corner because you know most of the time you guys have seen this in Detroit. If you don't take an edge by like pick 12, it's really it's a they're they're a they're a developmental player, right? George Kaloftis, for example, we talk about the Chiefs. He was kind of okay last year, kind of came on. Now he's great. Now he's a 10 sack guy. Felix Anazuke Uzama is picked was picked at 31, right? Where the kind of lions are picking. He didn't even dress for the Chiefs playoff games this year, and not necessarily because he's bad, but just because he's developmental. Yeah. Corners in that later part of the first round have been shown to do a much better job immediately than edge players do. So, if I'm Detroit and I'm trying to win right now, which I am, because the NFC is weaker and you are in prime position with Jared Goff and hopefully Hendon Hooker kind of building into that second that second quarterback role, I'm taking I'm taking defensive backs basically whenever I can early and trying to find a way to get pass rush on the interior and edge maybe a little bit later where, you know, because again, the edge players all come at the beginning and then it troughs off for a little bit. And then the values are to be had in rounds three and four.
0: Great to see you, Eric. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Good luck to your chiefs on uh Sunday. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: And hey, Matt, thanks for having me on. This is fun.
0: You got it, Eric. Eager with us right here on Locked on lion Sumer sports. Check out their stuff. We'll talk to you again on Monday.